DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Time to talk with Jeff Garcia about Rudy Gay, new jazz man. Jeff covers the Spurs, digital journalist for KNS5 and host of Locked On Sports. He's on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Jeff, good morning. Good morning. How y'all doing? Well, how well Jazz fans are doing depends on how well the team is doing. So I guess really it comes down to how how big an impact is Rudy Gay going to have? How much does he have left in the tank? What do you think of the Jazz getting him? Uh, you know, you. I think the Jazz are getting a very uh, productive player that is going to provide some punch off that bench or whatever role he's going to get. You look at what he did in San Antonio. It wasn't too shabby at all in his time with uh, the Silver and Black. Close to about 12 points per game, 5.6 rebounds uh, in his first stint. And what I liked about him, though, was the fact that, at least in San Antonio, he was willing to adjust his role. And I think that's what you're going to get in Utah. I'll give you an example. And we came to San Antonio, you know, the Spurs, you know, they were still kind of up there. They weren't in the complete rebuild yet. You know, it was getting to that point. But when the Kawhi Leonard, you know, debacle happened in San Antonio, you saw Gay transform himself from what was supposed to be, you know, a key player moving forward in the Spurs' push for a playoff run into a mentor. And um, he, he embraced it. And he decided to take a, a backseat to the young guys but still was able to provide a punch off that bench. He, uh, in the play-in tournament last season, uh, he was the one that led the Spurs in scoring. It wasn't the young guys. It wasn't DeJounte Murray or DeMar DeRozan. It was Rudy Gay. So in a crunch time, very all-or-nothing game, like the play-in game was versus Memphis for San Antonio, he's delivered. And I think that's exactly what the uh, Jazz are going to get. A pro, a guy who's been there, done that, who understands that, yeah, okay, he's not maybe Sacramento Kings Rudy Gay or Memphis Grizzlies Rudy Gay, but he's still going to provide uh, Utah with offense and defense. He played the five a few times in San Antonio, which is good. Um, you know, he, he accepted it, I mean, undersized five, but should that be a need in Utah, he can play it, gentlemen. So what I find interesting, three-point shooting, as you know, has really taken over the league. It's so dominant, and particularly with the Jazz, yeah. they've got no problem. In fact, encourage guys to take it. And so he starts off at, at 2017, 18, 31 years of age, uh, first year with the Spurs, I think it was. He goes 30, uh, 31% from three. Then the next year he goes 40%. Then the third year he's back down to 33%. And then last mm-hmm. year he bumps it back up to 38%. That's a wide oh, yeah. variance there. It's like every other year he's pretty good. Uh, what do you attribute that to, and is there any concern yeah. there? Uh, no, I don't think any concern. I think I attribute that up and down thing just simply because of the makeup of the team. You know, it goes from, you know, having Kawhi Leonard when he was with him, you know, uh, and, you know, maybe shots are not going to him, to, okay, you know, we're in this rebuild mode. You know, you hear some more shots for you, uh, Rudy Gay. You know, we, we need this, you know, and here you go. And then last season, you know, he was, you know, for the Spurs standards, one of the better shooting uh, three-point shooters for uh, the team. Spurs were dead last, and this is just an attempt, an attempt, just attempts, gentlemen. Uh, three-point shots, they were just dead last, and the Spurs were just, yeah, they were not the greatest one. Nobody was inviting the Spurs to the three-point shootout, I can tell you that much. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, I think he fell victim to that. You also look at Popovich. You know, it's, it's funny to see him, how he evolves. He literally went, not too long ago, maybe about two, three years ago, just, just hating the three-point shot, to now needing it, 
um, and and admitting it like, yeah, you know, NBA now is you know live and die by that three, and um, and I think also that too has to do with just his role. He was he was he, you know sometimes was given minutes, but then other times wasn't because they wanted to give it uh, to the young guys that were going to eventually take the keys for San Antonio as we'll see next season. You go to the fact there was a pandemic season, you know, that got into his shots, and then you know, fast forward to that bubble season, you know, out in Orlando, you know, again, the, guy, the young guys were put front and center. And I think that has a lot to do with his erratic shooting, uh, just because the Spurs are in flux and it impacted him. So, you know, not, you know for what he did at San Antonio, not bad, coming off that, uh, that Achilles injury that he, he suffered you know, resurrected his career in San Antonio when many thought it was all but done after that devastating injury. And look, he's coming from a system that is well-established. There's ties between Utah and San Antonio. There's Quinn Snyder, Popovich. You know, Snyder was the Austin Spurs coach for a long time. He understands that Spurs system. And now Snyder's bringing in a guy who lived it for X amount of seasons in San Antonio, and that's really going to be a nice injection of professionalism, what it takes to be a winning team, uh, and, and then some, because Jazz are already a winning team. They're, they're great. But now you throw in a guy who who lived, you know, the Popovich last nighter, you know, vibe, uh, you know, that, that, that game plan. I think it's going to bode well for Utah. And I think at the end of the day, next season, people are going to look back and look at that really game pickup and say, you know what, that was such a slick pickup by the Jazz. So the problem for the Jazz against the Clippers at the end of the series, they just couldn't stay in front of them. Rudigay yeah. talked about being able to defend positions. How many defense? How many positions can he defend? How many guys can yeah. he stay in front of? I think he could go from the the three to five position. You know, those are probably the best ones at five. You know, I mean, he's going to be undersized, but again, in San Antonio, he was forced to do it. Because of the fact that the Spurs simply didn't have that much depth at the five spot, it was just Yakupertal, and that was pretty much it. Because after the LMA, Lamarcus Aldridge, you know, uh, left San Antonio, they became very thin in that department. It was just Pertle, uh, undersized Drew Eubanks, and an unproven uh, young guy, Lucas Dominich, and that was it. So the Spurs were forced to go to Gay a lot at that position. So he definitely can play it and he'll defend it to the best of his ability. And of course, you know, the three and the four spot, you know, natural, you know, I think he, he's capable of doing that. You know, look, you're, you, you're learning how to play defense from a defensive-minded coach like Greg Popovich. That is going to translate well into uh, Utah. Pop has taken guys that normally don't have the reputation of being a good defender and made them decent, you know, <laughs> at least decent to get to that level. There's Brent Forbes, you know, not the greatest defender, but in his time in San Antonio, he made him decent. Same thing with DeMar DeRozan, you know, came into San Antonio with not that reputation, but made him a decent defender. So you're going to translate that from the Popovich system into the Quinn Snyder system. Uh, yeah, between the three and the five, I think you're all going to be all right. How much do you think that he's going to be better or fit in well simply because the talent around him yeah. is better than what the Spurs can offer at this time? Absolutely. I, I totally agree. I think that's going to be the wild card for uh, Rudy Gay. I think you're going to see him perhaps produce more uh, and be more of an impact player than he was in San Antonio. As I mentioned earlier, San Antonio was, is in transition, and the Spurs you know, used him for that transition, and that was being the mentor. You know, he, I'm, I'm pretty sure he didn't come into San Antonio years ago signing with them to think, I'm going to be a mentor at the end of my stay here. No, he was to be an impact player. 
So that is going to revive him. Uh, you know, he's surrounded by, you know, great players from Donovan Mitchell, that drive and kick out. I think it's going to be great for him. You have a, a, a guy that can still attack the rim. Uh, he, last season in San Antonio wasn't, you know, too surprising to see him just light up the scoreboard and bring the people off their seats with some highlight dunks and great defensive stops. I, I really believe that culture in Utah of winning and getting to the promised land, that being the last team standing, is going to do well for him. Um, you know, that's the last thing that's missing on his resume. He's been an all-star. He's got he's been scoring left and right since he entered the NBA. So that's the last thing on him, and I think that's going to rejuvenate him and make a chase for the uh, NBA uh, title. And, yeah, I mean, what better way to do that than a, than a team like Utah that's ready-made for a deep push into postseason? Jeff Garcia joining us, works for KNS5 and host of Locked on Spurs, talking about Rudy Gay, who's been in San Antonio for the past uh, four seasons, now moving to the Utah Jazz. Uh, he's moving on a three-year deal. So if they win a championship or one, no one cares if he's overpaid years two and three. Yeah. Uh, but. Yeah. Just kind of based on his career arc, I realized, you know, in your mid-30s, father time can catch you at any time. But what did you think of the length of the deal? Uh, you know, I, I thought it was a little long. I, I thought it'd be at two, two at max, uh, but three going into, well, uh, I guess, quote-unquote, his prime. You know, you never know. You know, these players nowadays, technology and medicine extend their primes. But you, know, you factor in his age, you factor in that, He's not that explosive player as we saw pre-injury. And I thought it was a little too long. I, I think I would have gone with maybe a two-plus team option, maybe. I think that would have been the smarter uh, route to go. But, hey, look, you know, you know, worst-case scenario, worst, worst-case scenario, you know, if there's a deal to be made, you have a guy, a veteran uh, that you can move. It sounds like a team-friendly deal as far as um, cap space. You know, they need to break the bank on him, so that's good. And all in all, I think um, I really believe that Rudy Gay with Utah is going to be one of those under-the-radar moves. I really believe that. It, you know, he's going to be surrounded by that, that winning culture, as I mentioned. You know, the, the Quinn Snyder, Popovich there, it's going to be seamless. And I think it'll be money well spent for Utah because last season you saw sometimes they struggled. And um, whether it be inexperienced or just young, you know, what have you. But you pair him there with Mitchell. You pair him there with Gobert. Now Gobert has a legit 3-4 guy he can just go to, an athletic one, at least at his age, quote-unquote, you know, at 30-plus, that can really help him in the paint offensively. So all in all, good move by Utah. Deal was a little too long, but I, I think it'll pan out. One of the uh, aspects of a Quinn Snyder's offense, you know, we talked about the three and shooting it, but the ball's got to move, and it can't stick. You don't have a lot of individual yeah. dribbling. Mitchell does it to an extent. Jordan Clarkson does it probably more to an extent. But other than that, the ball is constantly moving. How's Gay's ability to anticipate the pass and the ability yeah. to make the pass? Absolutely. I think it's a, it's a top notch. You know, you, you look at what he uh, had to deal with in San Antonio. Uh, up and coming guard, John T. Murray, you know, pinpoint passing to Martin Rosen. You know, he was the leading uh, facilitator for San Antonio last season. Uh, so you look at that, you know, always uh, head on a swivel, ready to catch. And he's a pro, you know, he, he's been there, done that. He, he didn't exactly know to anticipate passes, you know, out of the passing lanes. And he's going to get that, whether it be from Clarkson or, or, or Mitchell or Conley. 
you know, I, I think that will mesh well. And I think the Utah Jazz fans have nothing to worry about when it comes to that aspect of his game. Now, you know, you, you know, again, it could be a product of the fact that the Spurs were simply in transition. But, you know, last season in San Antonio, there was some erratic play. There was, you know, sometimes he looked like, great, you know, he could be the next six-man of, of the year award winner off coming off that bench for San Antonio. But at the same time, he was also injected into the starting lineup a few times last season for the uh, Spurs. So, you know, that simply could be, you know, lineup shuffling. Could attest why he was a little inconsistent at times. But, look, you know, despite the fact the Spurs had a lot of young guys and the youth movement is now officially on, even though it was started last season, Spurs fans, um, you know, were at times were crying um, bad tears because they did not want to see him on the court. They wanted the young guys to get the run, but he got that run last year. So he's not coming in rusty. He's not coming in, you know, barely played any games. He got a good chunk of games under his belt last season, despite the fact that the Spurs were in rebuild mode. So you couple that with the fact that he's likely going to see a spike in minutes, more playing time off that bench for Quinn. Uh, yeah, I mean, great, great, great signing. I think Jazz fans will be excited for him. So with the Spurs being in full rebuild mode, as you say, and obviously they are, yeah. they've got Greg Popovich at 72 years of age. When is he going to yeah. step aside and let Becky Hammond be the coach? You know, that is a million-dollar question right now uh, in San Antonio and pretty much throughout the NBA, you know, what is next for Pop? You know, he just capped off the missing piece to his resume, which is the Olympic gold. So that's a big check mark. You know, he's done everything you can imagine in the NBA level and even international level. We look at his influence with international coaches. So it's like, what next, Pop? Not many uh, coaches last past 70. Um, I think Jerry Sloan was the last one to really push uh, kind of a 70 push into the 70s before he called it a day. You, you, know, you look at the franchise history, and sure, losing Kawhi Leonard, losing David Robinson in retirement, and, and, and Timmy and Manu and Tony, that hurts. But I think when Pop does call it a day, that is going to be a real big hit to the franchise um, because who fills in those shoes? Do they stay in-house and you know, promote Becky, you know, which seems to be the logical choice? Or did they go out of house, out of the family, bring somebody in? My point is, is that there's going to be a big regime change as far as the sideline patrolling is concerned. It's starting with the roster. I mean, I mean you've, all signs are pointing there in a rebuild mode when you draft Josh Primo at number 12 and leaving everybody's mouth and jaw just drop as why. And, well, then you find out because they are in rebuild mode. And you look at Popovich and you think, you got, this has got to be it. Either it's this season or next season. Look, I mean, he, he, you know, he still has left, plenty left in the tank physically. I don't know if you all saw the video of Draymond Green shot uh, after they won gold. He was showing Draymond how to lock up defensively in the hotel, which yeah. is hilarious if you have not seen it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just think like, he probably doesn't want to leave the, the Spurs family until he feels it's ready. But with them in full-on rebuild youth moving mode, you know, how much more does he have? Does it give it one more year, which would be this upcoming year? Would I be surprised if before the start of the season he announces this is it for him or, you know, one more season and we're done or no more, I did my Olympics and, you know, good luck to the next guy or girl? I would not be surprised. But one thing's for sure, they're not going to usher him out, we'll, uh, you know, prematurely. They'll go when Pop says he's ready to go. And from the looks of it, it looks like maybe he has one more season in him. 
But you look at what he said so far. He said that he will leave when Tim Duncan exits. That didn't happen. He said that he will leave when his big three, got, uh, you know, all retired. That didn't happen. He said that he will leave to honor LaMarcus Aldridge's time with him when he signed with San Antonio. That didn't happen because LMA is no longer a spur. So you see a pattern here. He's just not ready to let it go and would not be surprised if he comes back and says, yeah, I'm going to give it one more year. Well, Jeff, we appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on the air with us and uh, telling folks about Rudy Gay. Yes, sir. Anytime. Thank you very much. Jeff Garcia, San Antonio Spurs digital journalist for KNS5 and host of Locked on Spurs. I'm glad that they gave Rudy Gay three years. Because? Because that shows an extreme commitment to win now. Because Kevin O'Connor has always said, we can get guys here probably going to have to overpay him mm-hmm. and sometimes and you know not just literally the individual salary but it's the length of the salary and so especially it, for the older guys he's going yeah. to be 38 at that time all right that potentially is problematic guys take better care of themselves and the advancement we were talking about medicine and so forth and training i mean it's, a, it's certainly it's the best it's ever been but asking a 38 year old to stay in front of a 24 or 27 year old who's an elite athlete is a big ask right and it's going to be hard but what it shows me what i take from that what i take from the conley thing of 70 some million dollars and all this stuff is yeah okay that's expensive but it's expensive to win and you can't go safe and be conservative to win. And I think that the boundaries and all the stuff and the ideas and conceptions and perceptions, I should say, of Utah, I think they're breaking by the day. But they're still there to an extent, no doubt about it. And so what it's going to take, it's going to take some cash, probably, to get guys to come. And they're willing to put the cash out. And, yeah, all right, uh, so three years may be problematic, but if we're sitting on a title or two, who gives a flying you-know-what? <laughs> you know. <laughs> right? Well... You've got to be bold. I don't think that overpaying them is ever going to change, because I don't think that's purely about compensating people for coming to Utah. Could it be? Sure. Absolutely. In some cases, is it definitely? Sure. But... Even if everything else is equal, to get to your original point about how hard it is to win and how committed you have to be, if you're that committed to winning, and you're trying to get Rudy Gay in this instance, but Danny Manning 20 years ago, and who knows 20 years from now. If you're trying to get that person, and someone else thinks they're the missing link, they're going to overpay by a little bit. And you're going to have to overpay by a little bit. So I just think that competitive, it's a bidding, if if multiple teams really want you, you're going to get a little more. I told you that a long time ago in radio. When you came in and you got your first job, there was only one person offering you a job so they could offer you bottom dollar, and they knew it, and they did. You bet your bottom dollar. Right. And you wanted more because, well, of course you did. Everybody wants more. Well, I knew I'd never be paid to your level. Not true. And I'm still, not you know, true. that's just not going to happen. Not true. Liar, liar. <laughs> Pants on fire. Am I the only dude who t- actually took a pay cut to move to Utah? <laughs> Which is a true story. I took a pay cut to move here. Oh, man. You Paycheck blew it. is why I live in Utah. Yeah, yeah, but when you had leverage, when you had two people bidding for you, suddenly they were willing to pay more. So I think that whole, over, right. they overpaid. Somebody was always going and, to overpay. And it was if you're sweet. A good, if you're a good NBA player... And multiple teams view you as a missing link. 
You can overpay. Once I it's got to 10 bucks an hour in radio, I thought I had it made. I called up my father. I said, Dad, you're not going to believe this. Not only you better sit down, you better lie down. <laughs> you saved a school 600 grand? 600,000. Wow. All right, DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What is going on with Arizona State football? How many coaches are going to get sidelined here? Doug Haller, Arizona State writer for The Athletic, will join us at 9 o'clock. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Time to chat with Max Tooley. Give us a story or two about your mission. Something that was unique about my mission was I was assigned to speak Mandarin on my mission. Wow. So, yeah, it was quite the, you know, the tall order. Got to serve in different areas where, uh, you know, where specific, you know, Chinese students would be. I loved my mission. That Mandarin's going to serve you well down the line for sure. There's <laughs> yeah. no doubt about that. We appreciate your time and thanks for joining us. Hey, uh, uh, Max, why me? Hawaii, huh? Yeah. All right, man. I'll see you later. I know a little Mandarin. Look at you. You just Googled that. No, I did not. I know Hawaii means I love you. Because... You just told Max Tooley I love you? Yeah, well, yeah, now that I think about it, I did. That's a little awkward. He said it back, though. Oh, this is uncomfortable. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Join the big show Friday at the warehouse from 2 to 7 p.m. Price is so low, it will blow your mind. Oh, boom! Question of the day. Mike Conley says he's working on the hammy issues and hopes of being fully healthy. What's your confidence level? What's your Conley confidence level? Fully healthy. Low. Healthy for the playoffs. Hopeful. Not confident. I can't guarantee anything, anybody. So I don't think confident equals guarantee. That's a long way away. A lot of basketball between now and then. So That's a long way away? A long way away. One time we were with Monsons, and we're going to Vegas. Story time! And we're going to stay at this uh, residence inn, right? You know, one of these deals where you got two bedrooms within... One roof, and his wife was driving, and uh, you got a suite. I think is what you're looking for. Is that what they call? It? Okay. Yeah. Does it have a little living room area? Yeah, 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 yeah. Common area. Yeah. So you got a suite. Okay. Yeah. And he thought that she parked far from the door, and so he said, "Why did you have to park far away away?" And we all started <laughs> <laughs> far away away. <laughs> Well, that makes a hell of a sense. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and, and she, his wife said, do you mean far, far away? <laughs> Double down on the wrong word there? Hey, I got two of the three words right. <laughs> and so we still have about that far away away. <laughs> Which kind of reminded me of... Well, you just said, although what you said was fine, but in my <laughs> junior high mind. But it brought you back. It did. So far away, away. <laughs> I expect this guy to have a kick butt season. Uh, there's multiple reasons. This is an unusual situation when you look at the NBA or really pro sports in general. You've got, in this case, an owner 
not quite, but certainly well within the ballpark of reality, is a contemporary of Mike Conley's. They okay, golf together. Going. Right. right. Yeah, and the age difference is a few years, but it's not a generation. No, it's, not, no. it's not really even half a generation. No. One guy's older than the other, but it's not a big gap. No, no, that no. Age, I mean, they have kids the same age and all. That, yeah, or, that or close age to group, it anyway. Yeah. They're going through a lot of the same stuff, right. now at a higher level, uh, financially, than the rest of us. But there's a relatability factor there, yeah. right? So where I'm going with this... Which won't be there in it, 10 years. Assuming Ryan owns the team in 10 years. No. Yeah. Yeah. He'll age out, in right. essence. And where I think that this could go is that Conley is going to feel an extra sense of responsibility and commitment. Not that it already wasn't there by any stretch, because I think to get to this level, you have to be committed to play. You have to be really good, but you have to be committed to playing and developing your skill and all that stuff. But he's going to feel an extra sense of obligation and personal responsibility to the owner. He spoke about, before Ryan owned the team, he spoke, Mike said, he had golfed with them. They asked him, it was last year, about it. Because uh, we know Mike likes to golf. Ryan Smith likes to golf. Did you golf with him? He said, yeah, I've golfed with him about 15 times. <laughs> right? No, you don't golf with someone 15 times unless you, A, like golfing with them. B, you're probably close in uh, comparison and ability to, you know, at least close enough, right? So you have that connection there. So I believe Mike Conley is going to do everything that he can possibly do to be there, not only for himself, for his teammates, but an extra sense of, uh, of connection to the owner because, in a sense, they're boys. Okay, that's all true. But I just don't think it's to the point. I think it is part of the point. Because he's going to do everything possible to keep himself healthy. Before he even got here. And you and I were talking, well, maybe we were talking on the air, but we were definitely talking off the air about him. And he already had the rep as the pro's pro. Like, guys on teams all over the league said positive stuff about him. And so his level of dedication and professionalism and commitment... I don't think it's ever been the issue. I don't even think it's ever been the issue just a little bit. The guy, he got that best teammate award. That's when most Jazz fans probably started paying attention and hearing him for the first time. And he got out of Utah, let's go do this or something like that. And he got that teammate award because everybody respects the guy and his work ethic and his commitment. So I have doubts. I've had doubts since the first time that the trade was talked about when it didn't happen in midseason and I went to injuries just because of the number of games he plays. But he doesn't play a limited number of games because he's looking to take the easy way out or he doesn't want to go. He was 80, 81, 82 game guy early in his career when he's healthy. But he's at a six-year run here where I just think he can't. His body, has, for whatever reason, hasn't allowed no, no, But see, you just told me that when you're pushed, that's going to motivate you already more. So right. you already acknowledge somebody is at a high level, but that person Can be pushed needs to a higher something level else. Sometimes. Yeah. So this is the same thing. 
So he's out there doing stuff, rehabbing, getting ready for the season right now. And that connection to Ryan Smith is going to push him even more. It's the same type of principle. So if you acknowledge it over here, you have to acknowledge it over there. It's the same thing. Same principle. So, so yes, but at the end, is it one of those deals where the mind is willing and the body won't follow? Because we've heard that from guys as they retire. John Elwin, he was up there crying. He wanted to come back yeah, and go for a third Super Bowl. He's not there yet. When your body breaks down, your body breaks down. He's for not somebody, there yet. Right, and Brady isn't there yet either, but lots of people have gotten there but turn the, before they've turned but 40. Mike whatever. isn't. Mike's not there yet. We're talking about Mike Conley. We're not talking about but lots of people. His, We're but, talking about Mike Conley. But is his body at the point where it can only play 60 games? Because that's where it's been roughly for six years. If they have 60 games and they have the number one or two seed and he's healthy for the playoffs, that's plenty. 100%. But if they have 60 games and they're sitting there in the 7-8 seed, that's, that's not good enough. I totally agree. Totally agree. So I have to see what those... I just can't say... That's why I don't get into raw numbers and draw every conclusion from a number and a stat. No. That's not who I am. I got to see what that means. If that's the situation and he's ready to go on April seventeenth or whenever the playoff starts, then yeah, if that's he's if totally he plays fine. if he plays sixty games and they're the six, seven, eight seed, then something's gone horribly wrong with the health of multiple other players, or the other teams are just that much better that we didn't anticipate. Mm, I don't, I don't think they can fall that far. Maybe you fall three, four, five because other teams get better. Yeah, but but I, I, but, but see, his but absence combined with other people's absences. Yes, that's true. That's true. Elevates the level right. of his absence. So I have to see what that 60-game spiel looks like. I just can't say on the surface, yeah, I'll take that. I don't know that. I don't know that. His his level of importance to the team might increase. Who knows what what's going down next season. But the thought of him playing that many games and being healthy in the playoffs, I'm going in optimistically. Because... I believe they are too. Why re-sign him if you have all sorts of doubts? It doesn't make any sense. Well, so the people the, who are with them all the time, they obviously have that level of confidence. So why wouldn't I have it? Well, I think the reason to re-sign him with whatever level of doubt they have, whether it's a little, it's medium-sized, or it's massive, is he was the best option. So what? They didn't have a better option. They took, they're taking their best swing. And will it work or not? You know, no, I don't Time think you pay tell. somebody $72 million because I don't have any other options. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. The number one thing to take from Hassan Whiteside's press conference, we did not know he actually had the option to go back to Portland, but picked to come to Utah instead, which I think is a good sign for a variety of reasons. If somebody actually wants to meet here, I think it does make a big difference. Rudy Gay, by the way, important for the same reason. He could have gone somewhere else. What San Antonio had going for so long, you got to create something players believe in and want to be a part of. Seeing players that have other options choose the Jazz because they want to be a part of it has not necessarily been the norm throughout the Jazz history. It just hasn't. I think that matters. It does matter. That's it nice legacy trending in a different direction than what might have been the case at one time. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Davis Vision loves teachers. If you're a teacher who needs LASIK, Davis Vision wants to give back. Schedule a free consultation appointment. Inquire about additional savings to their summer sale price. Call them today at 801-253-3080 or check them out at davisvisionmd.com. Running back room. You love that. 
It's your pet peeve now. Yeah, it's my new pet peeve. You got to have pet peeves. <laughs> what was your old pet peeve? You. Ah. <laughs> the emphasis on old. <laughs> Why does running back room irritate you? Because the room, we the the room, like oh, who cares? It could be the running back group, the running backs, the running backs, but running back unit. You look at the running backs, and this is this is not particularly the U of U by any stretch. It's if I ain't playing, I ain't staying. And so they brought in Brumfield, and they brought in Wilmore, and they brought in Green from Arizona. I can't remember his first name. Uh, TJ Green. TJ, there you go. And, oh, man, oh, the, the running back room. Well, the running back room. What they freaking do? The running back room now, they all left. Just give me one or two guys. And these are mostly guys who've left somewhere else, too. And this running back room... Nobody has a room. They have a meeting room in their expensive facility. Well, what they're saying, the room has become the colloquialism. Don't ask me to spell that. See, But it's become the vernacular of, oh, just incredible depth. You don't have incredible depth. Forget it. You thought you had incredible depth with those other guys. So the guys didn't see the field and they left. Do you have the two guys you need if you need two? You might only need one. Give me two. I can live with two. But this running back room, the quarterback room, who cares about the freaking quarterback (laughs) room? Because most of the quarterback room is going to leave. I want you to just snap in the middle of... I'm snapping uh, right now. No, in the middle of an interview session. I want to be standing there. <laughs> Just have you lose it. Knock it off! All of you! You two, coach! Stop it! <laughs> Running backs! Turn you just need the letter S. You don't need a whole other word. It doesn't sound that cool. Do I got one or two good guys? Because that's all it's going to be, and the rest of the dudes are going to take off. What, are the, what does Utah have on scholarship right now? Four quarterbacks that, we, that I know? Maybe even more. Uh, I can think of four, so... Yeah. And yeah, but anytime you look at a roster, there's a whole bunch of guys on there. You're like, well, okay. For example, in Provo right now, they have eight quarterbacks listed on that roster. Right. And who did they elevate? And we think they have three, but they have they have more. Hold on, I will get that for you. Well, it's the they have five Texas guys and Cameron Rising, Jaquin and Jackson. Yeah, and and Charlie Brewer, Peter Costelli, and Bryson Barnes. Quarterback out of Milford, Utah. A local kid. Not that I even know where Milford is. Drive about an hour west of Beaver. I'm gonna leave that one alone. <laughs> <laughs> you go up and down I-15. You're not going west. I did uh, a couple weeks ago. You're not that far west, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, that one's a quite a detour. Okay. Milford two A or three A? I think they're two A. They have been one A and two A over the What's last their four nickname? or five years. Milford Tigers. Oh, way to go, Tigers. And good for him. His scholarship to... to if he has a scholarship, I don't know. Oh, okay. He might, okay. He might be a walk-on. He is a walk-on. Oh, okay. Yeah. So how many of those guys are going to actually see the field and help you win? I mean, this whole idea of the room, what you're saying is, oh, we got incredible depth. 
Yeah, you had it with Green, Brumfield, and Wilmore. And how did that work out for them and for you? Didn't work out very well. But if you have a guy, you're going to keep giving him the ball. And if your guy is Zach Moss, eh, who cares about that, guys that two, three, and four? running back room was awesome because <laughs> you had Zach Moss. That's right. And that running back room was awesome because you had Ty Jordan. The whole uh, 70-30 split of carries hasn't really been a Kyle thing. It was before with McBride and even with Urban, but Kyle is largely, and probably not every year, but he's largely settled on the guy, and the guy is going to get 85 or 90% of the carries. Yeah. You know, the, the fourth, third or fourth drive of the game, he may put in a running back for one series and spell the guy. But then the guy's right back in there. Well, even now I'm hearing, oh, man, they've got uh, Oklahoma transfer, Cincinnati transfer, LSU, uh, LSU transfer. We got a guy who's won a national championship. He knows what it's all about. <laughs> we right. heard that yesterday. <laughs> oh, well, okay, he does. But if you're the guy at LSU, you leave early to go to the NFL. You only leave early to go to Utah. No. I just want to know, man, you got one or two guys that can get the job done. That's what matters the most to me. And that's all I care about. And that's really all the fans care about. I think everything else is overblown. It sounds cool. The quarterback Until you room. mock it. The running back room actually has nine running backs at Utah. Mm. Looking at their roster. But did, there's four did, guys did fighting for the one then? or two spots. <laughs> bunk beds. <laughs> They're doubling up. <laughs> Air mattresses. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Arizona State. They've got a chance to win the Utah State Championship. Playing a lot of local teams. But how many of their coaches are going to make the trip? Where is this? Is it a, is it a full-blown scandal now, PK, with multiple coaches suspended? Oh, for sure. Man. Doug Haller, Arizona State writer for The Athletic, joins us next.